0: One time when I was a little kid, I went to the dentist, and uh, this is when I was living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh, it was one of those dentists that, uh, well, let's just be honest—you know, if if it had been food, it would have had the little wick sign on the outside. It was it was the kind of dentist you go um, when you when you have that special insurance. You know what I am saying? It's it's like the food stamps for 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 medical attention. It's it's that kind of it was that kind of dentist. And I remember going to this dentist and, and, uh, like I said, I was probably about 12 years old and, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting, uh, sitting in the waiting room and, uh, and this lady, this lady comes out and and she's just been in with the dentist and, and man, she is, she's excited. She was excited. She was in a good mood and she said, guys, this is a really good dentist. And, um, man, she was, she was passionate about it too. She says, guys, listen, no, no, listen, this is a really good dentist. And, uh, there was a couple other people in the waiting room and and they were like, well, okay, that's awesome. Good to know. Good to know. And, um, well, I'm, I'm just kind of looking around, I'm kind of looking around the office and and I see like the, the, the fish food that's spilled on the table and, you know, the gum that's stuck under the chairs and, and, you know, I'm just like, uh, Huh. That's well. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's true. Um. But, well. Anyway, the dentist comes out, and um, he's this he's this Russian guy, and um, nothing against Russian guys. It's just that's what he was, and and uh, I looked at his teeth, the dentist, the actual teeth of the dentist, and they looked worse than mine. <laughs> I mean, my teeth looked pretty good compared to his. And so we go in to the dentist and the man literally offers me candy at the dentist after I've gotten my teeth worked on. He, he offers me hard candy. Now, I'm not hating on this man. I'm not trying to, to come against this man or slander this man or, or I'm sure he's a wonderful man, but uh, I just couldn't help but feel like maybe that woman had not been to many dentists and I felt like perhaps she was just a little bit too excited about this dentist. You know sometimes we get too excited about the wrong things and I want to ask you a question today. What is it that you are the most excited about? Hey there, my name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content Podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. Hey there. Welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I am excited about today's episode. And uh, that's appropriate because today's episode is about excitement. It's about being excited. It's about getting excited. And and you know, you hear this question a lot uh, in in the church. You hear it a lot from the pulpit. What are you excited about? Uh, particularly in, in faith culture and, and people that our faith people who are believing God for things, who have vision lists and, and are, are, are believing God for this and believing God for that. You hear this question a lot. What are you excited about? You, you need to get excited. If you're not, if you're not excited, you're not in faith. What are you excited about? And man, that's good. I, I agree with that. Uh, vision is so important. The Bible says that without vision, people perish. They cast off restraint. They diminish. And thank God that the Holy Spirit shows us things to come. He gives us vision. He gives us things. He 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 puts things on our heart. Um, he gives us things to look forward to, to get excited about. But you know, I, I want to ask that question to you today in a little bit different tone than maybe you, you've heard it before. What are you excited about? I'm not asking you, what are you excited about? What are you in faith about? Oh, what are you expecting? No, uh, that's good. And I'm not uh, against that. But today on this podcast, I want to ask it to you a different way. What are you excited about? Because the truth is most people get excited about something. I mean, even people who are in depression, who get depressed, if, if circumstances changed in their favor, if, if this one thing happened if or or if they got this break or if they got this opportunity or if they got this amount of money, they'd get excited. It may not last very long, but man, they'd get excited. Just about everybody has the ability to get excited. They get excited about something. Something excites them. But you know it's important for us to to ask the question, what is the thing that excites us the most? And, and I'm going to get into this today. It's going to be a great podcast. Um, dig in this with me today. It's going to be good. It's going to be worth it. In fact, this has been one of the podcasts I have been the most excited about all year. I've had this on my heart since last summer, and, and I've been excited to do this podcast I'm going to pray and we're going to get into it. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your nature that's on the inside of us. I thank you for your spirit. Father, I ask that you would reveal through your word how we can think more like you and see more like you and value the things that you value so that we can be more godly, godlike, Christlike, and so that we can be reflections of Jesus, so that we can magnify Jesus and give you all the glory. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, the Apostle Paul said the following statement, Whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. These things I have counted loss for Christ. Paul, right before this, was talking about his resume, all the things that he had done, all the things that he had accomplished, all the things that, that made him noticed on an application, you could say, that made him stand out on an application. I heard Jeremy Pearson's, uh, a friend and um, minister who I have looked up to for a long time, he said this one time, you know, resumes mean very little to God. Resumes mean very little to God. Most people get excited when they see a a lot of things on a resume, qualifications. But, you know, God gets excited. I'm getting ahead of myself, but God gets, gets excited about the heart. Praise God. God gets excited about the heart. God doesn't get excited about the same things we get excited about so many times. He doesn't, he doesn't get nearly as excited about some of the things that we get so excited about. So often, God looks at things that we don't even look at. When he was looking for a king and he found David, the Bible says he found him a man after his own heart. The Bible says that God, his eyes search to and fro throughout the whole earth, that he's seeking for somebody whose heart is perfect toward him. That's what God's looking for. God's not nearly as uh, excited about the things that we get excited about, particularly when we're looking for things in people. You know, I'm getting all kinds of ahead of myself again, but you know, uh, when we look for this or we look for that, when we look for a person for this, whether it's an employee, whether it's a relationship, uh, maybe you're single and you're looking for a spouse. You know, I'm just going to say this to you. God doesn't get nearly as excited about some of the things that people tend to get the most excited about. We'll get more into that in a minute. But I'm going to keep reading. He said, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish. Other translations say dung, which is waste, which is manure poop I'm just going to say that he says that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness which is from God by faith you know Paul knew what was worth getting excited about he knew what was valuable He knew what was worth getting his heart rate up about. He knew what was worth putting down money for. He knew what was worth spending and being spent for. He was excited about knowing Jesus. You know, uh, Jesus told a parable about a man who sold all that he had with joy. And he bought a field because he knew what was what was the most valuable. He knew what was in that field. He knew what was buried in that field. And therefore, he was the most excited about it because he knew what was in it. He knew the potential that it had. And he, he with joy, sold all that he had to buy this field. He, with joy, sold all that he had to get this piece of ground because he knew what was on the inside of it. He knew the value of it. He was excited about something that nobody else was excited about because he saw past the surface. He saw something that other people didn't see. You know, when we see the way that God sees, we'll get excited about what God gets excited about. You know, I used to work for Chick-fil-A. I worked there for about three and a half years. And, you know, when I first started out there, you know, I enjoyed the job. I, it was fun. I mean, I I liked it. I liked, you know, the people. I, I liked the environment of it. It was good. But, you know, I, I was also serving in ministry at the time, and I was an intern at a ministry, and, you know, my, my heart and, and my mind was really focused on that, and, and I was excited about that. I was excited about what I was doing there, and honestly, Chick-fil-A was was just a job for me. It was... It was a night job. It was how I paid my bills. it uh, That's really the extent of my investment in it was, hey, I'm putting in time so I can get money and pay rent so I can do these things and this and this and that. And uh, that was most of my investment in that for the first year. But the second year, I ended up getting promoted and becoming a, an assistant manager, you could say. And I had more responsibility. I was spending more time there. I was doing more things. I was learning more about the company. And um, still, you know, I I still had this mindset of, well, yeah, I'm going to put in some extra time, some extra effort. But really, I'm looking forward to getting off the clock. I'm looking forward to getting out of here. This is not the, the highlight of my day being here. And it was like that for a long time. But, you know, by the third year... After I had had some responsibility, after I had done some things, I began to notice a shift because my, my time, my heart, my life was becoming more invested in this job. I was spending a good 50% of my life at this job, at least, and, and it was becoming a part of my life, and I noticed that I began to, to think more about the things of Chick-fil-A, And, you know, uh, in the beginning, you know, I would see a good friend of mine who was uh, on the podcast before Grandpa. He was actually the director of the store. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, we'd get a package or we'd get this part or we'd get this thing for Chick-fil-A and he'd get so excited. He'd be like, oh, man, we've been waiting for this. Oh, yeah, I've been waiting for this to come in. And sometimes I would just be like, man, you're too excited (laughs) about a part. (laughs) You're too excited about this thing. I didn't say that, but I thought it. And I was like, why are you so excited about this? But see, what I didn't realize is that the reason why Graham was so excited about the things of Chick-fil-A is because he was invested in Chick-fil-A. His life was invested in Chick-fil-A. He he spent time there. He spent effort in that. And, and, you know, as I begin to spend more time at Chick-fil-A, I begin to get more excited about the things of Chick-fil-A. There were times where, without even thinking about it, I'd get excited by uh, something that helped us move the drive through more quickly, that helped us do this or helped us do that, uh, because it was a part of my life that was relevant to me. I, I was in the thick of it every day. I-, I saw how not having this thing affected our operations and-, and having this thing helped us to move faster and doing this and that, and I began to get more invested in it, and therefore, the more invested I became in Chick-fil-A, the more excited I became about the things of Chick-fil-A. Let me ask you this question. How excited are you about Jesus? How excited are you about the kingdom of God? How excited are you about the things of God? How excited are you about the presence of God? Are you more excited about his presence or his blessings? Now, now, blessings come with his presence, The Bible says that in His presence is fullness of joy. God can't manifest Himself without the blessing manifesting with His presence. It's just an automatic. But are you more excited about Him? Are you more excited about the benefits? See, for a while, I was more excited about the paycheck than I was about the job. And the paycheck came with the job. The paycheck was a blessing. Nobody asked me to work at Chick-fil-A without a paycheck. But... Something shifted the more invested I became in Chick-fil-A. And the more invested we become in the kingdom of God, in our relationship with Jesus, the more excited we become about our relationship and not just the benefits of it. You know, being spiritually minded is getting excited about what God gets excited about. Can I tell you what God gets excited about? He gets excited about mercy. God gets excited about redemption and salvation. He gets excited about giving mercy to people who don't deserve it. You know, the book of Micah tells us that God delights in mercy. You know, this word delight literally means to take pleasure in. Mercy is what thrills God. You know, I talked about carnal-mindedness, carnal thinking, being carnally-minded. You know, being mindful of carnal things, it's a result of, of valuing carnal things. It's a result of, you could even say, worshipping carnal things. You know, the world worships the flesh. They worship the human body. They worship the things of the flesh. They worship the things that make the flesh excited and and they don't really put any emphasis on the spirit. Now there are some people who are in the occult who do, but even in those things you see that, that it's always attached to immorality and and a misuse of the flesh. You see this in every form of of wrong uh, religion. There's some kind of sexual perversion that goes along with it. It's this emphasis on the flesh. Well, the flesh isn't evil the flesh isn't inherently wrong, just in and of itself. This is a whole nother podcast, but it's this, this, this—the law of sin and death—that tries to work in the flesh. That's the problem. But as Christians, the Bible tells us to set our affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, I'm not saying again that it's wrong to get excited about anything that's from God. What I'm saying is what amount of weight are you putting on the side of the scale that is the flesh versus the things of the spirit always being mindful of carnal things as a result of carnal values but you know being spiritually minded means you get excited about the things of the spirit means you are mindful of the things of the spirit now, don't misunderstand me. Some people can take these things too far and say, well, I'm just so spiritual that I don't ever do anything in the flesh. I don't ever enjoy anything in the flesh. I don't eat ice cream. You know, I don't even sleep with my spouse. No, that's wrong. Paul said not to do that. That's just being uh, off off the wall. No, uh, the Bible gives us richly all things to enjoy in the right context, in the right way. That's not what I'm saying. There's an imbalance with some of those things, and I don't mean to communicate that. All I'm saying is, it's a priority thing. It's, it's a, a list of importance. It's a value system. It's a tier system of what's most valuable versus what is not as valuable. And you know, if you never engage in spiritual things, you'll never know how exciting they are. If you never experience what it's like to pray for somebody and see them get healed, you'll never know the excitement and satisfa- satisfaction that comes from it. If you don't ever uh, yield to the Holy Spirit, you'll never know that the satisfaction, excuse me, and the excitement that comes from that. The things of God are the most valuable. The Bible talks about coveting earnestly the best gifts of the Spirit. When you taste the things of the Spirit, when you taste the presence of God, it affects the natural, it affects your flesh, it affects your soul. But when you are just focused on the flesh, you're on a dead-end road. You're in a cul-de-sac going in circles. And if that's all you ever get excited about is your next meal, if that's all you ever get excited about is, is, is doing something fun for your flesh, then you're limited and you're not going to be satisfied in your spirit because the flesh needs some things. Listen, the flesh needs good food. The flesh needs uh, some things. and and doing those things will satisfy the flesh for a season. And that's not in and of itself an evil thing. If if it was, we should never eat. We should never eat a good meal. It's not evil to satisfy the flesh, but the problem is is when people leave their spirits starving for the sake of the flesh. Because a, a natural thing cannot satisfy a spiritual need. And you know, we should put the spirit before the flesh. You know, that's why Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Jesus also said in another place, after he had ministered to somebody that I have food to eat that you know not of. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. He's talking about spiritual satisfaction coming before natural satisfaction. Now, it doesn't mean that Jesus didn't eat. (laughs) It doesn't mean that Jesus, in fact, they accused Jesus of being a drunkard and a glutton because he liked to have fun. He liked to enjoy things. It's not wrong to do that. It's not wrong to go eat a good meal. It's not wrong to go do something good in the right context, in the right way. It's not wrong to enjoy and satisfy f- physical desires and needs. It's not a wrong thing. It's not an evil thing. But you can never satisfy a spiritual need with a natural thing. And if we want to really be satisfied, we have to put the spirit first. We have to focus more on satisfying the spirit and satisfy the flesh after. Because And we let the spirit dominate how and when we satisfy the needs and the desires of the flesh. That's what, that's what being spiritual is. That's what the fruit of the spirit of self-control is. That's why the Bible says walk in the spirit and you won't satisfy the demands or lusts of the flesh. It didn't say you won't ever do anything that your flesh enjoys. It says that your flesh is not the one calling the shots. Your flesh is not the one demanding of you what we're going to do. Listen, temptation is is this forceful thing. Lust is a forceful thing that tries to demand that we do this. We demand that we do that demand that we that we eat this demand that we sleep with that person demand that we watch this it's this forceful thing and what he's saying is no 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 no. you need to put that in subjection and let your spirit call the shots but listen if your spirit is unsatisfied it'll be weak and if all you're ever doing is feeding the flesh then guess what your flesh is going to be strong and and bulky and in charge but if you'll focus on satisfying the spirit first, your spirit will be strong. It'll be in charge, and it will determine when and how you enjoy and satisfy the things of the flesh. And it'll it'll do it in a godly way after a godly sort, because your spirit delights in the law of God. See that word delight? Paul said, I delight in the law of God after the spirit. I delight in it. What is it? I take pleasure in in the things of God, in the heart of God, in what God takes pleasure in. So let me ask you this. What is it that you are delighting in the most? What is it that you are taking pleasure in the most? In Psalms 37 verse 4, we see this same word, delight, when it says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. In the passion translation, it says, make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. And he will provide for you what you desire the most. Now, a lot of people <laughs> use this verse to say, well, if I'll just delight myself in the Lord, he'll finally give me a spouse. <laughs> and there's some truth to that because God wants you to have the desires of your heart, but, but that's not really the purpose of this verse. The purpose of this verse is saying, if you make God the utmost delight and of your life, he'll give you what you desire the most. Well, let me ask you this. If God is the utmost pleasure of your life, what would it be that you desired the most? Him. He is the reward. He, everything good comes from him. He told Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. God is the ultimate. God is the good part. God is the the climax. God is the main dish. God is the most high. He is the reward. We're not just enduring God to get to the thing that we want most. No, God is the ultimate. I like what my pastor says. God is the ultimate experience. In Psalm 16, we see this. In verse 5, he says, O oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance in my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. In verse eight, he says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory or my inner man, my spirit rejoices. And watch this, it says, my flesh also will rest in hope. You know, one of the reasons why people deal with, with issues in the flesh a lot is because their inner man is not rejoicing. Whenever you feed the inner man, whenever you're delighting in God after the inner man, it'll cause your flesh to rest in hope. Man, this is a revelation of, of how to deal with problems in the flesh. If you want your flesh to be quiet, if you want it to go to sleep and rest, focus on feeding your spirit and rejoicing in your spirit. Focus on on this thing right here setting the Lord always before you therefore your heart will be glad and rejoice the excitement of the spirit can cause the flesh to rest now like i said it's not wrong to enjoy things in the flesh it's not wrong to be excited about things in the flesh as long as they're not coming before the spirit as long as they're not overriding the spirit what are you prioritizing what what is the most important if you put the spirit first it will help deal with a lot of the issues in the flesh he says this in verse 11 you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore you know there is more pleasure in the presence of god than in any physical thing on the earth <laughs> i've heard people talk about you know oh well, will there be sex in heaven you know, they ask that question, you know, I've heard commentators say different things and, you know, I've heard a lot of speculation. Uh, well, we know that, that Jesus said that in, in heaven there won't be marriage, we won't be given in marriage. And, and, you know, there's not a bunch of immorality happening in heaven, we know that. And what people a lot of times miss is that one of the reasons why there's no marriage in heaven is because we will be married to Jesus. Uh, natural marriage on the earth is a type and shadow of our marriage to Christ because we are the bride of Christ. Now, I know there's a lot of spiritual mysteries in there that it's hard to wrap our head around. That's what Paul said. It's a mystery, but it's still the truth, even if we're still understanding it with our natural minds. But, you know, uh, saying, is there going to be sex in heaven? That kind of question is born out of somebody who thinks that sex is the ultimate experience. Because the truth is, it's not. Uh, honestly, uh, the, the, the good times that a husband and a wife have together really are just a type and a shadow uh, of the kind of pleasure that we experience in the presence of God. Now, some people get uncomfortable when you compare marriage and sex to our relationship with God. But listen, baby, who created marriage and sex? Who created it? a lot of that shame and that, oh, I don't want to make that comparison comes from the shame of this world because you've you've spent all your life feeding on the dirty, unclean things of this world and you need to renew your mind. But you know, the truth is the reason why it's going to be easy for us to spend year after year, after year, after year, worshiping God is because in his presence, there's pleasure forevermore. There's pleasure forevermore. And the pleasure that's in the presence of God transcends any form of pleasure on this earth. So that question a lot of times is born out of just a carnal way of thinking. Because number one, our bodies will be glorified. And we won't be subject to a lot of the the things that we're subject to now on this earth. And even a lot of the passions that we're subject to in this earth. And and number two, we're going to be married to Jesus. And we're going to be worshiping Him. We're going to be so consumed with the glory of God that... We won't even be thinking about a thing like sex. You know, I'll say this, I'll move on from that. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that neighborhood. <laughs> Moving on. Moving right along. You know, a lot of times we tend to be more excited about the dessert rather than the entree. A lot of times we're more excited about the icing rather than the cake. Sometimes we're more excited about the french fries than we are the steak. But you know, this has everything to do with how hungry we are. You know, if you haven't eaten for two days, typically speaking, you don't care about ice cream. You know, uh, if you haven't eaten for two days, do you want, do you want dessert or do you want something sustaining? Do you want some bread? Do you want some steak? You want some milk? You know, dessert is an afterthought when you're really hungry. You know, let me ask you this. When we're hungry for the things of God, then are we really thinking about the things of the flesh? You know, uh, the things of the flesh are not necessarily bad or forbidden when they're in the right context and, and brought under subjection to the Spirit. But, you know, when we're hungry for the things of God, the things of the flesh will be an afterthought. We'll enjoy the ice cream, but only after we've indulged in the steak. So let me ask you this, what are you craving I heard a man I respect and I've listened to for a long time, Chip Brim. He said that the Lord asked him one time, are you craving me? Because he had looked up Matthew 6.33 that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he found that that word seek, it literally means to crave. You know, we see this when, when it says that Nicodemus went before Pontius Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. He sought the body of Jesus. You could even say... He begged for it. Now, I know people say, well, no, no, he didn't beg. He didn't grovel. But but the picture that's painted there is that he was hungry. He was craving. He wanted it. This is what he was mindful of. And, and, and the word seek means to crave. And the Lord asked Brother Chip Brim, are you craving me? Let me ask you this. What are you craving on a daily basis? You know, the more mindful we are and the more excited we are about spiritual things, the more we will enjoy the temporary things of the natural realm. We'll enjoy those things because we're satisfied spiritually and therefore we're free to enjoy the natural things for what they are. We won't try to use those things to satisfy a spiritual need and be disappointed. We won't try to worship the things of the flesh. No, we can enjoy them but it's because we're excited about, we're mindful of the things of the Spirit. And therefore, the ice cream is an afterthought. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, sure, put some cherries on top. Put some Oreos in that thing. That's fine, but I'm good either way. I, I, I can do vanilla or chocolate. I, you know, sometimes we get so mad and upset about our little preferences in the flesh. Sometimes we get so mad and upset about Chick-fil-A forgetting our sauce. Sometimes we get so mad and upset about them them doing this or them doing that or are oh, they're not supposed to put onions on this? I can't eat onions. But but I'll be honest with you, and you may not like this, but the more nitpicky you are in the flesh, that's an evidence of you being too carnally minded. uh Oh, <laughs> now now you might say, well, I have allergies, Ben. I can't eat this. Well, that's different. I'm not talking about if you've got a, an allergy or, or something that's not safe. But, but the more nitpicky, the more, oh, more high-maintenance we are about these little things in the flesh, a lot of times that's an evidence of being too carnally-minded. Uh-oh, well, okay. Anyway, I better move on before I get a tomato thrown at me. Oh, you know, to be carnally-minded is death. In other words, it's a dead-end road. If all your hope is in what the natural flesh can offer you, you're at a dead end you're at a dead end medically speaking if all your hope is in what man can do for you. You're at a dead end romantically speaking uh, or, or emotionally speaking if you're looking to a relationship or even sex to try and satisfy what only God can satisfy in your spirit. You're at a dead end if you're looking for drugs and alcohol to satisfy your spirit. It never will. It never will. But I'm going to say this to you, the more excited you are about the kingdom, the more you'll enjoy the natural things as well. You know, you're not limited to to worshiping money. You're not limited to worshiping cars. You're not limited to worshiping your job as your source. You're not worshiping anything but God because you know those things can never satisfy the way that spiritual things can, the way that the things of God can satisfy you. You won't worship bread knowing that, that the word of God is what will really satisfy your spirit. Job said, I have esteemed your words above my necessary food. You know, Jesus said, if you believe in him, that rivers of living water will flow out of your belly. You know, there's no natural thing on the earth that can cause living water to flow out of your belly. And there's nothing that can satisfy you the way that those living waters can satisfy you. So again, I'm going to ask you this question. What are you craving? What are you excited about? You know, the Bible talks about the glory of the Lord, His glory, His presence. And the Bible talks about in the Old Testament that when His glory manifested, it was so thick that, that the priests couldn't even stand to minister. That the presence of God was so heavy and so thick that people just fell on the ground and worshipped. The glory of the Lord. And you know, this word glory, it literally means heavy, heavy with everything good. Or you could say weighty. It's not heavy in a sense of a burden or a yoke, but it's heavy with goodness. It's thick with goodness. It's thick with pleasure, with, with actual eternal pleasure. Like the Bible says that in your presence is pleasure forevermore. That's eternal pleasure. I'm going to spoil something for you. The pleasures found in the flesh are temporary. They are very temporary. They last this long. But the pleasure found in His presence is forevermore. It's eternal. It doesn't end. And the glory of God is heavy. It's heavy with every good and perfect gift, every good thing. And when we seek the glory of God and not our own glory in the flesh, the pride of life, when we seek the glory of God and not just what we want in the flesh, his glory will manifest in our life and it's heavy with everything good. And guess what comes with it, baby? The blessing. The blessing will come. Listen, if you seek God first in your marriage, the blessing will be on your marriage. If you seek first God in your finances, the blessing of God will be on your finances. If you seek God first in any area of your life, the blessing comes with it. But look, the, 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 the natural manifestation of the blessing is not the thing we're to be the most excited about. We are to be the most excited about Him. He is our exceeding great reward. You know, Jesus is pining for us. He's craving us. He's longing for his bride. He loves his bride. He wants us. You you ever think about that? That Jesus is a husband waiting for his bride. He is is a groom waiting for his bride. Let me ask you this. Are we pining for him? Are we craving Jesus? Are we craving Jesus the way that, that Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea were? Are we craving him? Are we saying like Revelations twenty two, Lord come quickly, or are we thinking, well, well, Jesus, don't come back just yet because I still want to do this and I still want to do this. Now, don't misunderstand me. I believe that that God puts things on the inside of each one of us that that you know He puts a spiritual blueprint of what we are to accomplish on this earth, and and I do believe that God knows what He's doing and His timing is perfect, and He will give us opportunity to fulfill every good dream and good work that he's put on the inside of us and, and to fulfill our ministries and, and to see the good things that we want to see. But then again, we got we to bring it back to this. How temporary are the things of the earth? Are, 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 we, are we saying, oh God, don't, don't come back yet. Don't come back yet. Or are we saying with, with John in the book of Revelations, Lord, come quickly. We want you. We're craving you. We want to see people have plenty of time to get saved. We want to see, we want to see every ministry fulfilled, but we're longing for you, Jesus. We're longing for you. We're excited about the return of Jesus. I'm going to close with this story. You know, I mentioned that I worked for a, an internship at a ministry when I lived in Texas and I was working at Chick-fil-A and, you know, I was there for about, three and a half years. And, and then they, they released us uh, from the internship. They dismissed the, the internship. And, um, you know, so we were on our own, we were free. And so I was working full time at Chick-fil-A and, and, you know, going to a, a kind of a big church and, you know, uh, things were good, but every now and then, uh, this people that I worked for would call call me up and ask if I could be a part of something or, or to help them with something. And I was always happy to do it, loved being a part of it. And, um, you know, it's a good thing if, if you leave a place and people still want you to come back, (laughs) you know, I'm not saying that to, to make myself sound good, but that's, that's the way you want to leave. If people don't ever call you after you leave, you know, that's, sometimes that's not a good thing, but anyway, that's not the point. I got invited to, to help shoot some music videos. I do camera work. I edited videos. I film and things like that. And I got invited to help shoot some, some worship music videos that they were doing. But, you know, it was on the night uh, uh, that Avengers Endgame was coming out. And I, I don't know if you've you've seen that movie, but you know I'm I'm a Marvel guy. I like the Marvel movies. I I invested a lot into the MCU universe. <laughs> I invested a lot of money into the MCU universe. I was excited about it. I was like, oh man, you know Infinity War. It's been a year since since everybody disappeared, and we're about to see how this all wraps up, and we're about to see how they beat Thanos. And oh man, i I was excited. And, and I had a, I was scheduled to go to a late night showing with some friends from Chick Fil A. They had picked out good seats um their mom had had made little snack bags for all of us left over from easter and and it was a good time and i was excited we were going to have a fun time going to this late night showing of avengers endgame and i was excited about it but you know we were shooting these music videos and i don't know if you've ever done any camera work particularly with music and you know you don't always get it right the first time (laughs) and sometimes you got to shoot it and you got take one you got take two you got take three, you got take four. And, uh, you know, I I learned that, you know, on take five or take six, I need to start praying in the Holy Ghost, you know, get this thing done. But anyway, we got to this last song that we were doing and and the lyrics of this song were so simple And, and they were simply this, Jesus, you're all to me. You're everything. Jesus, you're all to me. You are all You are all to me. And man, when they sang this song, the glory of the Lord filled that little studio. And the person who was singing this song got so overwhelmed that they had to stop singing because they were literally weeping in the presence of God. And the glory of the Lord, man, Jesus came into that room when they were singing this song, Jesus, you're all to me. You're everything to me. And the presence of the Lord filled that little studio and it was thick. it was thick and it was so thick that that you could just feel the presence of God. It was like sweet honey had just dropped on all of us. It was like it was like what I heard a young kid say it was like a honey hug from God. just feel the sweet presence of Jesus filled the room and, and, and there wasn't a dry eye in the room. All of us, whether we were running cameras or whether they were playing uh, an instrument, man, we could sense the presence of God. But you know what was still nagging at my flesh, even though my spirit was experiencing the presence of God? You got that movie at 11 o'clock. You got that movie at 11 o'clock. We're, we're running late. It's 10, it's ten fifteen. Are we going to get out in time? Are we going to get out in time? Are we going to get out in time? And it's amazing to me how my spirit could be delighting in the presence of God, and yet my flesh is still yelling at me about the movie that I've got to get to at 11. And, and like I said, I was excited about this movie. But here I am in the presence of God. Jesus has just walked into the room, and we all know it. And we finished the song And this this silence just fell over the room and we all just kind of sat in the presence of God for a while. And finally, we dismissed, we ended. I didn't know it, but that was one of the last times, or that was actually the last time that I would ever do anything with this ministry, uh, that I would ever be a part of filming something with this ministry. And I'd been with them for years. I'd made memories with them. It was a precious time. It was a precious moment that God just uh, honored with His presence. And it was significant, and yet I was still having that nagging thing about that movie that I got to get to at 11 o'clock. And uh, I said goodbye to them. I left, and I went to meet my friends, and we went and watched the movie, and we saw, you know, everything happened that happened. We saw, you know, uh, Thanos, you know, get his head chopped off by Thor, and we saw, you know, them go back in time and get all the stones, and, you know, we saw... You know, uh, Black Widow sacrificed herself, and Tony Stark snap his fingers and say, I am Iron Man, and fa- Thanos faded away, and all that, you know, good stuff. And we came to the end of that movie, and it was a good movie. I've watched it a, s- a couple times since then. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Still enjoy it. Nothing wrong with going to see a movie with your friends. It was a fun time. I don't feel like I missed God by going to see it. But, you know, I, I walked out of that movie, and I realized... Was that what I was such, in such a hurry to get to? I was literally in this precious moment with the presence of God manifested, and I was antsy to get to go see Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Pratt in a bunch of goofy costumes bouncing around in front of a green screen. You know, sometimes we just get too excited about the things of the flesh. Sometimes we just get too excited about things that don't really matter. <laughs> doesn't mean they're evil, doesn't mean we can't enjoy them. Doesn't mean it's wrong to go, but what are you the most excited about? What are you the most excited about? What what is it that you are investing your time into? What is it that's the most precious and the most valuable to you? Are you more consumed with the temporary things of the flesh that are here today and gone tomorrow? Or are you investing your time into the kingdom of God? Are you investing time into your relationship with Jesus? Are you re- investing time into your relationship with people? Or are you taking time to, to talk to people to be a light for Jesus? Because this world is, is, is coming to an end so quickly. These things are, are passing away. And yet the things of God last forever. So we don't have to be legalistic. We don't have to throw down ice cream when it's offered to us. We don't have to to be these celibate eunuchs our whole life and never enjoy anything good. No, that's not what I'm saying. God is a good God. He gives us good things. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. I'm just asking you this. What are you the most excited about? Because whatever you're the most excited about is limiting how you're going to live and how effective you're going to be on this earth. I don't want to be limited to the things of the flesh. I don't want to be limited to the things of the soul. I, I I want to be fully invested in the kingdom of God. I want to be spiritually minded, not carnally minded. I want to be in love with Jesus. I want a passionate, romantic relationship with Jesus. I want to be on fire for Him. And like I said, you know, Uh, I've had to deal with these things in the past. Obviously, I told that story. It came as correction to me. So I'm not saying this condescendingly. I'm learning this as well, but we, we can get so caught up in things that just don't really matter in the end and lose sight of the things that really do matter. And the only thing that makes anything significant in our life is our relationship with Jesus. He's the thing that, that makes ice cream taste good. I've said this before in times past, you know, without the presence of God, ice cream doesn't even taste good. Without the presence of God, nothing is worth doing, nothing is worth having. You know, I'm gonna do a podcast in the future about this, but you know, hell is not about the pain and it's not about the the fire. It's about separation from God. And the worst thing that can ever happen to somebody is to be separated from God. We tend to put all the emphasis on the fire and the pain part uh, of thinking and talking about hell, but the worst part about hell is separating from God because there are Christians who experienced fire and pain, who were burned to the stake, who were martyred, and yet the Bible says that the early church, although they were persecuted, great grace was upon them. You know, if you're not separated from God, you can be so wrapped up in Him that you're not even mindful of the things of the flesh. It's interesting to me that that people who don't know God can can be so wrapped up in the pleasures and delights of the flesh that they are ignorant of the spiritual death that they are swallowed up in and yet uh, a person who is in fellowship with God can be so wrapped up in in his glory like Stephen was that they're not even mindful of the physical pain and torment like Stephen experienced when he was stoned. The Bible says he beheld Jesus. He was looking at Jesus the whole time and and he was cognitive enough to say, Lord, don't even lay this sin to their charge. They don't know what they're doing. He was caught up in the glory of God. And you know, the more caught up we are in the glory of God, the less we will be susceptible to these little Tiny things in the flesh, and we're all growing. We're all, we're all. Um, it's a, it's a daily thing. We're we're going from glory to glory. We're being transformed into His image, and no, there's no condemnation on you for for dealing with stuff in the flesh. There's no condemnation on you for not being an angel floating around and never being affected by anything. That's not what I'm saying, but these are things we grow in from day to day. Of course, I'm I'm sure I will get in my car later this afternoon and somebody will do something, cut me off, or something of that nature, and I'll be tempted to get in the flesh. I'm not coming to you as some kind of uh, saint that never experiences any of these weaknesses. No, 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 no. But this is something that we grow in from day to day. That's what I'm saying. So uh, what are you excited about? What are you craving? This has been the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I hope this blessed you today, and uh, I will talk to you next time you click play. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you. He loves everyone else. And please don't forget to feed the ducks.